Hey everyone, welcome to Strong Mind, Strong Body. I have a question for you. I'm wondering, as far as age is concerned, how much is age your driver? How much does age come into your thought processes throughout the day? Do you play that game of I'm at this age and I thought I would be doing X, Y, Z? Um, or, you know, is that something that you don't even think about? So I think that like all of the things that kind of define us or help us make decisions, we think about our age to the degree that we think about how it might impact our career and what we want to accomplish by certain dates. So today we're talking about longevity and fitness because I feel like for all of us, our heart is here, fitness is here, and we want so bad to make a powerful difference in this space. And as we age, we want to figure out how do we maintain our place and our in our in this space and how do we keep longevity throughout our lifespan right how do we maintain relevance no matter our age or stage and so I have a friend of mine named June Khan and she is my guest today and she is 70 and she is still going very very strong I don't honestly remember when I first met June I know that I just see her at all of the conventions I've always had a deep admiration for her in the way that she's maintained good longevity in the space and she's done a lot of reinventing and she's always stayed true to her purpose. So this is Strong Mind, Strong Body. I'm your host, Angie Miller. And today we are going to bring in June Khan, who is a former recipient of the Ideal World um, Fitness Instructor of the Year. And she also owns Center Your Body Pilates Studio in Boulder, Colorado. Hello, June. Hello, Angie. That was such a lovely introduction. Thank you so, so much. And yeah, I cannot remember the, the time that we met, but I know we've known each other for decades. And just even saying decades is astonishing to me. It's just amazing how quickly time flies. And I want to thank you very much. I'm honored and it's a privilege to be here with you. Well, good. And, and it's, I feel like it's everyone's privilege that you're here. So, you know, it's interesting because I do think that we, we all want to feel a sense of, of purpose, Full. You know, we want to feel purposeful in this space. And I think that in order to maintain longevity in this space, we have to continue to reinvent and look for new opportunities, but we also have to stay true to our purpose. But I do think that there's a population for all of us. There's, we all resonate with different people. We want to work with different populations. We have a different purpose, a different intention. And I also think that our reason for coming into the space sometimes is definitely not our reason that we stay in the space. So I want to start by asking you a little bit about the work that you're currently doing, because I feel like it's always been a foundation of Pilates, but tell us a little bit about what you're doing in the fitness space. What I'm doing in the business space right now is pretty much what I've been doing for, for decades. Um, I am currently the owner of Center Your Bodies Pilates, and we are um, a seven-year award-winning boutique studio. Um, I didn't think that uh, 10 years ago I would be in the space to want to open a studio. I was more in the education space, as you know, in traveling globally, training Pilates instructors and fitness instructors. But I decided that I wanted a space where I could focus a little bit more on encouraging people to move every day. I am a proponent of movement heals. That has been my hashtag for, oh my gosh, decades because of my why being inspiring the world to understand the importance and the relevance in moving as little as 10 minutes a day. 
because of its impact that we now currently know on um, our health and wellness system, as well as our immune system, just getting people up and moving because we know that even though we are in this fitness space, the majority of the US population has been inactive. Mm -hmm. And it was probably about, oh my gosh, it probably was about 15 years ago that USA Today had put an article out talking about, the number was staggering to me, 85% of the US population being, um, they don't move. <laughs> and that was like, how could that possibly be? I, I've done this all my life. I know the importance. I know how it's kept me youthful and vital. And then it came upon me that that's where my why was, what my why was really about. I want to get people up and moving. And it's not about the intensity level because I'm looking at the average participant because we don't have to motivate ourselves. You and I will go and we'll work out. People that are in the industry and come to our classes every single week, um, we inspire them with our presence and our knowledge. But it's those people that are out on the couch that I wanted to get more focused with. And I think that was the passion behind opening up my studio. And I became a rehab practitioner on top of being a Pilates practitioner. So now we're working with the medical community and helping people do that. So that's basically what I'm doing now, but still educating the fitness professional and the Pilates professional. COVID opened up a whole door of opportunities to do it globally without having to leave my home. I can't deny that I don't miss travel globally and hoping to pick more of that up this year. But that's basically what I'm doing, similar to what I've done for so many years. And I'll continue to do that as long as I can. Yeah. Well, and what I noted too is just that transition of saying, you never thought you'd want to be uh, at home base, so to speak, because I think a lot of us think that way. Um, oftentimes over the years, people have said, why don't you open your own studio? And my first thought is mm, that would keep me at home. And I love the global travel. And yet, as I go through the space and the years go by, I keep thinking more and more about that, about what that would be like to have a home base and to be able to make a powerful difference and not have to travel globally, but that always be an option. And right. so I like that transition. And in fact, that's one of the things that I want to talk to you about is some of the turning points, because I think that it's the turning points that we can look through that long lens and say, this is what happened. And I think this is what's helped keep me in this space. And it sounds like one of your turning points was opening that studio. What year was that then? I'm just curious how long it was. was eight years ago. So probably 2000, I think 2015, 2014. I have always worked in a Pilates studio, typically working for someone, but I had the opportunity um, probably around 2011 or 12 to work with a, um, a chiropractor who was a neuromuscular specialist, and I still work with him now. And I would, in addition to what I was teaching in other areas, would be able to work helping him rehab patients back to good health. That's when I felt like, whoa, I'm making such a difference and getting people to understand how important and how relevant movement is to their healing process. And I live in Boulder, Colorado. People are active here. And when I say yeah. active, they are people that are moving a lot, but they do get injured. And bringing that, um, the ability to show them how movement can really bring them back to health in a way that's a little bit different than the fitness industry to get them back into doing what they were doing was a game changer for me. It was a mm -hmm. game changer for me because... Um, 
it is such an, I don't even know how to describe the feeling. It is when people just tell you, I can't tell you how much, how much better I feel when you, you see them go back out on their bicycle competing, you see them. I had um, a runner, for example, she was, when I mean competitive, competitive to the point qualifying for the marathon, becoming injured that had to back out of the marathon and then help her get back on her feet. That to me is worth its weight in gold. You can't pay me enough money <laughs> to uh, let me see that success. And, and then there's the others. I also deal with individuals that have never actually moved and they're in a situation now as they've gotten older, back issues are, are um, interfering with them moving and giving them simple little 20 minute programs in the morning that help them inspire, get inspired to move even more is even that much more gratifying to me. And I think that's such an important thing because we are all about getting the universe, I was gonna say the universal, I'm gonna say the, the um, United States population to move globally, we can reach them now even through on-demand programs. And I think mm -hmm. that's something that we never had before. So now it's not unusual to do a, a session online and you got, oh, somebody from Singapore, it's like, did you just work? Or somebody from France or somebody, you've got people from all over now. We can touch people's lives in a way that we've never done before. And I think that's a huge, huge step ahead of what we were able to do in the past. And we were just able to maybe communicate with just our, our community that we lived in. Now we can go so much more further than that. And I think that's amazing. And the education has really come a long, long way. And the importance of functional movement and how relative, excuse me, how pertinent that is to what we do, despite how great of an athlete you are. Core strength, for example. You know, think of the 90s when core strength started coming back in. Now we see that being a part of so much of um, uh, fitness training than we did before. Well, and the, the, the thing is that the movement is healing part is I think such a profound statement. And it's like you said, it's been kind of your guidepost for so many years, because I think that the word heal is healing in and of itself. Anytime somebody talks about healing, that's that right there. It feels like my nervous system just goes, okay, they're focused on healing. They're not focused on me going out there and being a powerhouse or winning a contest. They're just focused on me healing my body and my mind. And I love that. And I love that approach. Um, I think I also like that one of your turning points was opening that studio when you were in your sixties and not that age defines everything, but it just goes to show that you, in order to maintain your longevity and to maintain your sense of purpose, decided that, hey, it's time. I can stay grounded now. I can still do travel, but I can stay grounded at home. And this is how I want to do this. And I would imagine that was a huge turning point for you. And in terms of turning points and for people out there who come into this space, and we know that a lot of fitness pros come into the space and we know that we lose a lot of them early on. It's not what they think it is, or they're disillusioned, or maybe they have expectations for what they want their clients to accomplish. And then they realize that clients have their own expectations and they haven't learned how to navigate the space yet. Maybe how to lean into meet your clients where they're at and let your client define success. But what do you think, um, what are some key things that you think build that ability to adapt in the industry? And what is essential if you're going to enter the space and this is where your heart is, how do you stay in the space? What would you say? That's a good question. I, I hear you on that. Um, I think education is a big thing. Continuing education and bringing yourself to the forefront of that and keeping yourself 
updated because when you look at how things have changed over the decades, American College of Sports Medicine was my go-to all the time because they would always give me, I'm a research person, give me research and tell me why things happen. And that motivates me. And it allows, allows anyone to be able to better serve their client and understand that when you come into this space, um, it's not just about us. It's about how can we best serve our clients and give them what we need. And that's a, that's in a, a motivation in itself for myself. That That is actually probably what motivates me is seeing my clients succeed. I think as one enters the space, the more that they can learn about what different modes of exercise can be applied to different people, giving them the ability to be diversified. Because sometimes I think when they come in and they specialize in one thing, you know, sometimes that can maybe perhaps get boring, but that shouldn't stop them from exploring something else. Let's go back, Angie, to like the 90s when the fitness instructor taught everything. Remember? I mean, when you were hired Let's as- Let's not go back there. I don't want to go back there, but it, it just, and there's nothing wrong with specializing, but I just think it yeah. keeps you motivated because it's something different. So that if you're teaching one medium over and over and over again, not a bad thing. I'm just saying for some, if you're getting to a point where you need to be stimulated, check out something else. Maybe check out another mode of exercise that you might want to teach. Um, we came into our industry having to be a jack of all trades, but we see more of the trends now for instructors being specialized. That's not to say that's not a bad thing, but I'm just saying for those that want to um, be able to diversify enough to allow them to hone in on a whole different clientele, they may want to educate themselves more in finding an avenue that may fulfill their needs that they could pass on to motivate others to do, if that makes sense. It does. And June, I want to reintroduce you. So my name is Angie. This is Strong Mind, Strong Body. And I'm talking to June Khan. We're talking about longevity in the health and fitness space. And June just celebrated her 70th birthday. So I thought no better person than to talk about longevity. But along with longevity means how do we adapt? How do we come into this space and stay in the space for a lifetime? Because I think that that's what most of us want when we come in. And again, we're losing good people early on because maybe the space isn't what they anticipated. So June, your answer, and I agree, is, is education. It's so true. When I came in, I started out a group fitness instructor and basically taught everything. I have some amazing footage of that time of uh, the way that I moved. And, and uh, it's quite fun to look back on. But you're right, because coming in and having to be a jack of all trades allowed me to get my feet wet in so many different areas that I was then able to hone in on what is it that really speaks to me? What is it that really drives my purpose? And so I think for a lot of us, we've come a long way since that time, but there is a lot of specialization going on. And I agree with you. Specialization is amazing. I think it's good to have your niche, but if you're just coming in, starting out more globally and being willing to work with everyone until you figure out who it is you really want to work with. So aside from the education part, what do you think has really, um, what do you think has driven your ability to be adaptable and to navigate through the space and to stay, I guess, relevant and on top of the game? Um, I think perhaps maybe because I decided um, 
I had to find out what's important to me. I think when you know what your why is and what your purpose is, that's going to adapt with you as you progress. And for me, it's always about getting people to move, but everyone enjoys different type of movement. And by me working with clients and asking them, what do you like to do? That's probably one of my first questions because not everybody likes to ride a bike. Not everybody likes to walk. Not everybody likes to do aerobics or hit programs. I needed to learn more about all of those programs so that I could identify what I could recommend to them. And doing so allowed me to become more versatile in a whole different arena and allowed me to navigate into my space of working with the active aging. And when I say active aging, people right away think about, oh, the 60 year old, you know what? By the time you're 30, you're actively aging. So it, it opens up a whole new opportunity of, you know, what does the young mom want? What are they, what are they, what are they driving for? What is the woman that's going through menopause? What about the man that's going through midlife crisis? I found that what drove me was learning more about the different stages that people go through and what is necessary for them to keep themselves healthy. Here goes that education again. I mean, that's not everything, but it's part of it. But being my allowing myself to be versatile enough to deal with a variety of people motivated me. I think that's, and learning that in order to stay relevant in my space, I had to know a little bit about every single thing. I mean, let's take hit wasn't my thing. I can be perfectly honest. It's not my favorite thing to do. I like longer distance and longer duration things. That's just for me. Um, but I know that I needed to educate myself in what those are. And when I say educate, participate. It's getting in there and seeing what it's all about and getting an idea of what it feels like in that setting. So it's making yourself active with being able to allow yourself to get into understanding why you're doing what you're doing. And my why has always been to get people to move, but not everybody moves the same way I do. Give me dance music and I'm a happy, happy gal. That's not what motivates everyone. I have to be able to be open to understanding what I could recommend. I think that's that's hard. It's, it is hard and it's hard because people get in, come into the industry and then sometimes get disappointed. You yes. know, we're not known for being the best pay rate either. Right? So that can be discouraging to some, but there are ways now with creating your own online on-demand programming, you can really get around that and st still be relevant in a fitness live setting as well. So being, you can be more diversified than you ever were before. There is so, such a way to become successful today in the industry. And it's about adapting and being willing to adapt. I think that's for me, maybe because I'm a Gemini, <laughs> I like that things change. I like to um, challenge myself to be able to um, learn more than I knew before and be able to pass that information on. I think to be relevant and to age in this industry, you've got to adapt. Adapting is the biggest thing. I mean, look, step was here, step is gone. I, not anymore, I think it's actually coming back. I take that back. When you think of all the different types of activities that we have now, cycling has, the longevity of cycling has been amazing. I mean, we are, we have available to us to recommend to participants exercises, movement that is, a, is doable for every single person, person. And I think that's what we have to learn about, learn the best that excites you, that you have the ability to pass on to someone else. 
Um, I think that what I what I love the most about what you said was when you initially said the first thing I asked my my clients is, what do you like to do? And I've had so many guests recently where we've talked about how the narrative has shifted. We're focused more on motivational interviewing. We're focused more on meeting the clients where they're at. And I, I tell trainers all the time, look, if you really want to increase your longevity and lower your risk of burnout, follow your client. And, and it's actually a beautiful thing. Follow your client, meet your client where they're at. Let your client define success. Because if you go in and you have all these expectations and you put them on your client, you're going to have a client who feels a little frustrated because none of us ultimately like being told what to do. And so in motivational interviewing, it's always, I always use that analogy of you're in the passenger seat and you're helping them to drive the wheel and you're giving them instructions, but ultimately their hands are on the wheel. And so I think that that is huge and it's a big part of adaptability. It's a big part of staying in the industry because it also drives our desire to become educated because as we go through these life stages, I've been a, a woman who's had a baby. I've been a woman who's gone through all these different life stages. So I not only know about them firsthand, but it's inspired me to dig deep and to learn about the research associated with these stages so that I can better help my clients. And I'm with you. I think education is a lot of what's kept me in the industry is because it's constantly changing and I'm constantly being challenged and I'm constantly wanting to raise the bar for myself. So I think that education and like you said, staying true to your why and kind of meeting your clients where they're at. So I have a question for you, June. Do you think age is an asset or a liability and why? Oh my goodness. That's a great question. Great question. And for me personally, it's been the biggest asset. <laughs> I think that, um, it also depends on the person's mentality, how they look at it. For me, the more I, the, the more I age, the more I know. What I know now that I didn't know 20 or 30 years ago has really helped me remain relevant in what I do. I want to be a good role model for those clients that I work with. And I believe that I offer that. Let's face it, the active aging population, I was huge, correct? And with that, I feel that being a positive role model in that respect and being able to give them information that helps each person individually grow in the way that they need to grow and find out what's, I help them find what's missing in their life and how they can do that just makes it even better for me. I've, I'm working as hard, if not some if not even harder, that I have in past years. I'm staying relevant in the industry in terms of still presenting at conferences. I'm still educating um, Pilates practitioners. I work with a, a group in Japan, in Tokyo, every two months in educating them. I feel that my age has been the biggest asset and it continues to be. So I don't see it becoming a liability at all. Not in this industry, as long as we are relevant to who we are and we come to our clients no, um, being very aware of who they are and not trying to put on a show. That's not what we're about. We're about educating them um, because number one, we have a very smart consumer today. There's a lot of information out there, right? A lot of information and not all that information is correct. Some of it is, um, but some of it's not. 
I want my clients to understand what I'm giving you is based on research. Hence why I've always affiliated myself with ACSM and NASM and all those organizations that give us the research to back up what we do. And that's what turns me on. It sounds crazy, but whenever I see some new research, that's like, wow, that just turns light bulbs off of my head. I just want to pass it on. I mean, look at how when smoking became, excuse me, sitting became the new smoking. Exercise is medicine. I mean, movement is a way for us to remain young, youthful, and vital. That's the message I want to get out there. And whatever research I can find to back that up is what I want to give to my clients. That's a, that's very well said. That is very well said. And, uh, you know, I think you and I, when we look back, I don't know about you, but I'm almost certain, correct me if I'm wrong, you did fitness videos at one point, didn't you? Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> My closet over here, they're just, yes, tons of Okay, so we both did the fitness video thing. We both did the starting out teaching group fitness classes. I made my own music. I'm sure you did. Uh, Started out teaching on a wooden step with carpet. So we've been there, done that, and it moved into this need for education and knowing more and learning more, moving into the one-on-one space, moving into educating fit pros. So there's so many transitions that I can think of throughout my fitness and fitness career. And for me, I went back into mental health and my mission has always been to bridge fitness and mental health. And so with now wellness being a big uh, targeted audience and NASM has their certified wellness coaching, I went through that program. And I just think that by continuing to evolve, but staying true to our purpose, that's how we continue to draw and inspire people into our fold and make a powerful difference. So I agree with you. It's not always, we don't always keep people here because they're making the big bucks, but I think that you have to define how you define success. <laughs> do you define success strictly by what's in your checkbook or do you define success by what you go to bed with at night, that joy and that sense of satisfaction? I agree. It's got to be here. I mean, if we're helping people to move, we have to get them where we have to get to their heart. We have to get to their heart because that's the only thing that's going to motivate them to do something because we're not going to be with them all the time. What I want to do is give them enough motivation that, yes, you can come and see me one to two times per week, but I want you to be able to go out and do this on your own and enjoy it because movement feels good. Movement keeps you youthful. Movement is going to keep you well. (laughs) Exercise is medicine. That's one of the best things we can do, sitting and doing nothing. And it worries me a little bit about, you know, the technology that we have. And I have, you know, four grandchildren and they're young and they can get addicted to their, you know, their tablets and things like that. And it's not that that's a bad thing. I want to make sure that they're getting up and getting outside and running around and Um, There's a lot to be done. There's a lot to be done here. If you have the heart big enough and there is money to be made, it's not that there's not, it's just, you have to find your niche. You have to, maybe I should call it your niche, your niche. My niche has always been active aging and women, but I can't deny that I don't work with also professional athletes as well. You have to find your way and the world can be yours at any age. I mean, I believe there are more older adults who have retired that are now coming into the fitness industry and using this fitness industry as a secondary income now or a second, let's put it this way, second career, a second career. I think it's amazing. I think it's fantastic that we're seeing that occur as well. There's something for everybody in our fitness industry, when you read something for everybody. And I feel that 
you just have to find what someone likes and you know go for it make them feel good when what's that saying you'll you may not remember what somebody said but you'll always remember how someone makes you feel so if you can remember that you if you can make them feel good about themselves you know what how can they not want to come back for more you know um but it has to be honest has to be sincere and you have to have it in your heart to do this. It's it's not about the money. <laughs> it has never been about the money for me. It will never be about the money for me. It's what I love to do. Um, and I'll continue to do it for as long as I can. Yeah, I think that well said all the way around. And I think that you're right. There is money to be made. But if that's your driver, you'll find a way to put money in your checkbook. But I agree with you that if you're coming into the industry, you've been in the industry for a long time, I really have never seen age as something that holds us back. I think that it gives us the opportunity to have a longer, wider lens and to have experienced so many different areas in the industry and to really hone in on who speaks to us and who we want to help the most. But I love your saying about movement heals. I also feel like education is huge for adaptability, finding the people you want to work with, and then starting out with that wonderful question of, how do you like to move and kind of going from there, let your client determine success. So June Khan, once again, I really appreciate you joining us. I appreciate you sharing all of your expertise and your experience and your obvious excitement for the industry. And I, I hope that if we even reached one person today and got them excited about being in this industry and staying in this industry, then we did the right thing. Absolutely. So thanks to all of you NASM listeners. Thank you for joining us on Strong Mind, Strong Body. If there's ever something you want to hear me talk about or a guest you want to see or that you want to speak to, by all means, write to me and let me know. And thank you for joining us. Yeah.